Hey, Beavis. <laughs> if you, like, abstract a chick, <laughs> then I can, like, stick it in her taco. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, butthead. We have to, like, give her the Spanish flag first. <laughs> what the hell do you think I'm talking about, butt plug? <laughs> um, I, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming to you from beautiful upstate New York, this is the Slam Till Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm your host, Ron Hallett, here with my, well, not not yet, anyway. Bruce is not here. So I am going solo. <laughs> I'm solo, and we have a guest. Hello. This is Nick, yes, dude. Nick Shell of the... Of the North American Pinball Tour, which is now... The executive director of the Roanoke Pinball Museum. I love saying that. Executive director of pinball. It's like, how many people can say that? Me. Nobody else. Anyway. <laughs> it does sound very cool. I like executive director. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, glad to be here. So those of uh, our longtime listeners will remember Nick from, God, how many episodes ago was it? it? It was a lot of episodes ago when he was in the middle of his tour I believe you were you called us from you were like going into Canada or something north of uh, Minneapolis for sure. I was about to cross the border, so it's good that we did the interview there because I was like, "Am I going to make it?" I guess, yeah, but yeah. Um, gosh, well, I've listened to every show since. So you were on your tour, and then you 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 were living in Texas. Yes, indeed. And then you had kind of another like almost. There's almost a, a contest on Pinside to guess where you were moving to. Well, you know, I, hey, you got to make it fun. This pinball is in the entertainment business, right? So that's, that's what we do. So, uh, yeah, well, there wasn't a prize, unfortunately, but it was uh, kind of a countdown. And, you know, I did travel when I was traveling the U.S. I was kind of shopping around for a new city. And I guess when people found out about it, it was kind of funny. They, I always got the sales pitch no matter where I moved. It was like... Uh, you know, oh, you 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 gotta you gotta move out here to Snodgrass, Arkansas, because we make the most of those brake pad liners. You know, that go in those big eighteen-wheeler trucks. I mean, we we produce more of those domestically than anywhere else. I mean, this is this is a place. This is this is it, man. You gotta move here. Anyway, <laughs> I just no matter what, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna not gonna move to Arkansas. Thank you though. Uh, but not that there's anything wrong with it. But I just, you know. I, everyone gave me the sales pitch when I was like, oh, we can have EM guy next door. Oh, boy. You know, and uh, I, and it was great. It was a lot of fun, though. I really love that. But um, there's only one guy in the whole U.S., at least on the tour, who was like, hey, Nick, you want to move here? <laughs> wow. Okay. Where, where, where was that? My buddy uh, Matthew Sedgwick up in Warwick, Rhode Island, this uh, suburb of Providence, was like, uh, "Yeah, Nick, uh, this uh, you don't want to move here. Yeah, this isn't for you. This 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 place will just eat you alive, you know. So uh, get the hell out of here." <laughs> <laughs> so you you were living in Texas. What made you want to move out of Texas? Well, um, well, you know, now this I bet this is this is a polarizing question. There's probably all of our listeners in Texas are like, yeah, what's wrong with Texas? You, you, you know, 
asshole, what are you talking about? And then everybody else is like, yeah, I can tell you some things wrong with Texas. I mean, Texas is a state with a big personality. You can go anywhere in the in the world. You don't even have to say you're from America. You just say, oh, I'm from Texas. Like, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. Uh, yes, George Bush. And uh, yes, oh, whatever. But uh, I had been living there for my whole life. Yes. In, in Dallas, as a matter of fact. And uh, although I've traveled, you know, business, friends, all kinds of things kind of get you rooted. And uh, but I was ready for a change. So um, I, I discovered the Roanoke Pinball Museum on the last little loop of the tour. And, you know, they needed somebody like me and I needed kind of a place like that. And uh, it just kind of worked out. So, hey, I'm a Virg- Virginian now. All right. And I, I finally got to meet you at the Texas Pinball Festival, which I I guess that'll be the last one you'll be at. No. Maybe not. I no, go. you're going to be back. I got to go. T- TPF is this show. It's like all things considered, it's just the – it's just – the size of it and the fun of it and the games don't like disappear early. You know, everybody kind of hangs in there for that little awards thing at the end. And, you know, it's like, it's just a, it's just a great show. I mean, did you have fun? Oh, I always have fun there. So what was your uh, involvement with the show? You kind of had like your own little section there. Oh yeah. Well, you know, the little, the vector committee. Yeah. That's the, uh, I founded that uh, committee at the Dallas Makerspace several years ago for teaching people how to do arcade and pinball repair and fixing and stuff. So, you know, we would bring out a pinball machine. It's a great learning platform and take it apart, show people kind of what's in it and how to play it and what to do with it. And, you know, if you have a Makerspace out there, folks, you need to reach out if you're a member and onboard a pinball project as a kind of a learning experimentation platform because it's it's really a makery thing you know you got electronics and metalwork and you know all kinds of stuff in there but anyway point being our presence at the at Texas Pinball Festival is uh, kind of a showcase of of all of our members uh you know pinball machines and and projects and we've won quite a few awards uh, since we've started going and i mean it'll it'll be difficult for me to bring a machine you know next year from uh you know, from Virginia, truck it there and back. But uh, but I'll, at least I'll be there. I'll hop on a plane, and uh, hopefully they'll be doing some interesting things uh, in 2019. Yeah, the ones I remember. I remember the remember the 2001 that was there. I don't know if that was this year. It might have been last year. Yeah, that I had. Yeah, I actually that was a um, that was one I did for a collector who I wound up selling it to him. But it was yeah, clear coated and repainted and everything, and. Uh, that was a big project. That was, I think, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, because that one I remember. Like, I, I love playing that game as long as it's not in a tournament. Because in a tournament, it's just brutal. It's yeah. just so brutal. Um, see, what else do I remember with that? Uh, Sinbad. I remember playing Sinbad. I, I somehow remember multiple Sinbads. There, yeah, they're actually, my friend um, Krishnik and then one of our local Vector members, uh, uh, Chuck um, uh, brought um, his Sinbad, and it was Chuck's that you probably played because he's he totally rebuilt it and he you know, put all new lamp sockets in it and he replaced that shitty little plastic spinner with a uh, metal one. And I know it's not original, but man, it really has that you know that thwack that uh, those kind of earlier 
Williams EMs have. So it's it's a good tweak for that game. It makes it kind of fun. Definitely agreed. Um, I'm a sucker for that. I guess system one Gottlieb, the whole complete the drop target bank to increase multiplier rule that they did on like that Sinbad. They did it on Countdown. I guess I'm I'm a sucker for that feature. So does that mean you 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 own a Joker poker? I do not own a Joker poker. I'm afraid. That is a shame because that, that is, a, is a nice game. Yep, that is another. That's definitely in the. Basically, I just mentioned the three Gottlieb system ones I would consider. Is basically Sinbad, Countdown, and Joker Poker. Mm-hmm. I remember this year playing that old Chicago. I became a fan of old Chicago just playing that in that booth. Ah, yes, that was my old Chicago. Had that one clear coded and rebuilt, and that is how an EM can play if it is clear-coded and dialed in and it's kind of fast and uh modern-ish isn't it yes it is oh so i even uh ryan clater you know he's done a lot of our t-shirts he did the pinball tour t-shirt and a bunch of other stuff for pinside and um he's he was very much a traditionalist until he played my old chicago and skyrocket and that's where he's like i I uh, I don't want to tell some of my friends this, but and I'm outing you, Ryan. I'm sorry, but uh, I think I like the uh, clear code thing a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just it makes it play like you know. What does new play like? Well, I'm not old enough. I never got to play a new inbox EM, you know. So, but I have a feeling they were probably smooth and fast, and that's that's kind of what a a cleared EM will, will give you. So, uh, so what do you like about uh, Old Chicago? You, uh, I know it's a difficult game, but have you played any EMs cleared before? Um, hmm. Now that's a good question. Well, other than that, two thousand one that I mentioned earlier, and that was cleared as well. Yeah, I don't know if I've played any other cleared EMs. Um, Chicago, Old Chicago. I just I like, and it's weird because I I usually don't like weird like stuff at the bottom of the play field around the flipper area. But for whatever reason, I, I liked that trying to control all that down there with the two pop bumpers. And then you got like suicide in lanes basically. And, and no, no, it's really hard to trap. You got to hit a lot of stuff on the fly, which goes against what I usually play. So that's why I like it. Yeah, it's un unabusable. It, 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 you, unabusable, you have, yes. <laughs> unexploitable. You've got to, yeah, you got to fight for your life with that game. Um, and it's 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 a great example of that EM design philosophy where they they you know they dangle the little treat right in front of you and then yank it away. Like you you build up that old Chicago and then you try and cash it in the middle and it goes down the middle. You lose it. So um, such a such a cool design. So you went across the country looking for a new home. And you ended up in Virginia. Ended up in Virginia, yeah. Um, and, you know, Taylor, I did an interview with uh, uh, Tommy and, and Taylor on the, this Flippin' Podcast. And uh, they were like, um, it was early in the countdown. Taylor's like, yeah, it's going to be Virginia. <laughs> I'm like, did somebody tell you? How did you know? And he said, no, nah, just Virginia is just a great state. You know, it's like green. It's pretty. It's good weather and all that. And. Actually, all that is kind of a nice kind of antidote for the humid, dry, you know, heat wave that is uh, Dallas, Texas. So that that's, I I I gotta say, I get a kick out of looking at my little weather app, and it's like 
still 81 and over in Dallas it's like 97 I'm like oh just in time <laughs> yeah. so why don't you uh, what are your duties as the executive was it executive director executive director well you see this is the thing and and I I mean I was just kidding about the hubris or whatever I mean really this is a really interesting place is the Roanoke Pinball Museum because it exists inside of a a foundation called Center in the Square, which is it's it's a uh, kind of a nonprofit museum of museums. So I don't know if pinball's ever been like elevated to this level before in this kind of company, but we have like a a performance hall here. We have a like a children's museum, an art museum, a science, you know, and pinball. So you know the fact that it's in this location it's right in the middle of downtown i mean literally the main square is like right outside our door and so it's walkable to like a dozen different bars and restaurants and all this stuff makes it like it's a little bit of a different deal than you know like it being in a strip mall and kind of having to like run an arcade you know like a traditional arcade so it's kind of half museum half arcade so it's a little bit different i have to cater to you know visitors or tourists uh families, uh, kids, but also the later crowd that want more of a barcade kind of experience. And then there's groups like corporate groups that come in and, and, uh, other nonprofit groups that come in and want to entertain their people in the space. So it's a, there's a lot of hats I have to wear and a lot of people I got to answer to when it comes to running the place. But I'm kind of right now, they're letting me do pretty much everything. So about how many, how many games are in this High class museum. Well, it's. <laughs> I mean, I do want it to be world class. You know, I want all the games to be like clear coded and you know stealth LED'd in the most the best looking way and have the right arrangement of games. And you know, I mean, we're pinball people, so we know what we we've got a much better idea of what people want to see rather than someone who's going to an arcade or pinball auction just kind of buying things randomly. You know, we know, you know, we like Creature from the Black Lagoon and we like, uh, we know that some other games are, are you know, like Revenge from Mars, Attack from Mars, you know, these are your classics. But well, I have about 60, room for about 60 games. I'm, lo- I'm actually here right now because um, that's the, uh, the other side of the, uh, the title that you get as executive director is 90-hour uh, weeks. So, <laughs> so. I gotcha. Uh, I've been working 90 hour weeks since I got here because there's just so much to do and I'm getting a real education in what it takes to uh not only turn the ship around but to keep it running while you're you know entertaining the public so it's uh it's pretty cool but we are in for about about 60 games 60 games man that's a lot of games yeah and it's not it's not just pinball I got a, a slugfest pitch and bat I got a three wheel uh Ivan Stewart's Off-Road. I don't know if you played that arcade oh, game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, just I've played that so, before. Just love that game. Yeah. Um, and we got to have one crowd pleaser, you know, Guitar Hero. That's, you know, just people love that. But um, but in general, we've got a uh, few Gottliebs, a lot of classic ballets, EMs, two rows of those. Excellent. So are they a mix of, like, EM games, Solid State, all EM? Like, what, what kind of mix? Well, let's let's take a stroll. I have my laptop with me, so let's just walk up, walk about. I really should have a cot underneath the games because I just, I mean, 
90 hour weeks, was that 12, 13 hours a day? Yeah, that's about what I'm doing, at least. So you're actually there right now? Actually there right now. I just so, put wow. some pin gulps on all the machines because we're about to do some barcade type nights here. I was but, thinking uh, of doing that. Are they that pretty easy? They look pretty good? Oh yeah, they're very sturdy and I I, uh, I opted to select the uh, left-handed ones and then mount them on the right side so they they're they face forward underneath the shooter. Oh, all right. All right. Did did you get cuz I think there's isn't there like two types? There's the kind that you can, you can actually remove. You can slide off if you need to get in between if they're that close together. Yeah, if you mount them in the front though, you don't have to worry about that and being that this is the public, I just don't want them to ever disappear. You know, or pop off or whatever. So it's like, nah. I'll just. I've heard of, heard that sometimes they. Someone said that that popped off on one of them with like a drink in it, and I was like, what? So I don't know. So is that like a pro tip? Get left-handed ones and mount them on the right side in the front. Yep, and face forward. That's and they don't block do. anything. Exactly, they don't right, block I, anything. I gotta take that down because that's easier. Because then you can get in between the machines. But I, I digress. I digress. <laughs> So the games we have, uh, let's see. I'm working on the Bally Row. Right now, uh, let's see, our 70s Bally's are Kiss, which is on loan. And I've been trying to get uh, – I've got almost all of our loaners um, out of here because uh, we really – you know, having a loaner in an arcade or a museum is a, it's a little risky because if something happens to it, eh, you know, I don't want to be liable for it, you know, and also – you got to return it in good condition too, so they do get used, you know, while they're here. So, anyway, but we got a Kiss as a loner, got a Playboy I want to sell, got a Paragon, but it's the European Paragon, which has three flippers, and I want really the U.S. version with four. So that one's uh, got a limited life here. But we got an Eight Ball Deluxe eighty-one, Nitro Ground Shaker, new CPR Playfield, going to swap in Harlem, then a Captain Fantastic EM Wizard EM. 72 Fireball, and then a Campus Queen. So that's like our Bally back row there. Nice. It's it's weird how they – did they just consider Europeans not as good? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, you, you think about it because in the Paragon they did that. And then in like a lot of – even later models, they have like the European model has the center post. The American one doesn't. Maybe it's a skill difference, but I heard that – Europeans like to hold a drink in one hand and the, hold the ball with the flipper in the other so they can talk while they're playing. I, I totally and believe that. So it's like you can imagine a guy in a beret, you know, and he's smoking a cigarette and he's got a drink and he's like, yeah, he, um, you know, chatting about life. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Oh. <laughs> the <laughs> other weird kidding. thing is, is like, I guess <laughs> a lot of times I heard they would disable the knocker for whatever reason. I don't know what the deal was there. Did I? Yeah, oh, yeah, like European model, they would, and and I have like a, a no fear. That's like a, it's a German no fear, and the knocker had been disconnected, which I thought it was broken. And then you go in there and it's literally just unplugged. Oh, weird. Yeah, you gotta have that. I mean, uh, what is this? No, no, no. I do not want these knocking people. Yeah, I don't understand that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's what keeps Gottlieb guys. Engaged. If there is no snap for their free game and a little special, then it's like, oh, that's the world is it's coming to an end. I mean, you gotta have the knocker, you know. Anyway, but we talked about our Gottlieb indifference. I think on that last show, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, not to, not to. I, I got some nice Gottliebs here. I got, I got but out of sight. You preferred fixing the Bally's and the Williams, if I recall. 
Well, I like them all, honestly. I, I, I like them all, but it's, I'm just not a Gottlieb guy. You know, Gottlieb guys are like, they have to all be wedgeheads. They have to, or they have to all be, you know, they have to all be Gottliebs and nothing else, pretty much. And it's like, okay. There's so many good ones out there you're missing, though, but that's all right. It's a generational thing. If you're 55 or older and you're into EM pinball, you're probably a Gottlieb guy. Probably. That's just the odds, but um, it's all right. Everybody likes, you know, different things. So moving to the next row or the next section. Yes, to the next section. Uh, let's see. So I got TPF Winter Snow Derby here. I've got Out of Sight clear coated as well, Skyrocket clear coated, and I got a Surfside. So I've got some of my own my own personal machines on the floor, and soon I'll be bringing some others like the Freedom Prototype and. Um, that game you love so much. Um. <laughs> I'm softening it a little, but it's still trying to hit those spinners with that weird with the. Mm, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. More time. More, more time. time more time. Yep. More time. Yep. You'll get there. So uh, let's see. Our modern games. Let's see. We got a Wizard of Oz. Got a Creature from Black Lagoon. A Ripley's Ghostbusters. Got a Mustang, but I'd like to trade it out for another one. Uh, and then a Wheel of Fortune because this is kind of weird and different. And, uh, of course, Adam's family. I'm about to sell a Starship Troopers, and Color DMD announced they're doing Color DMD for it. So, hey, come and get 2350. Call me at the museum. Um, let's see. It's Terminator 3. That's a loner. World Cup Soccer, Walking Dead, Doctor Who, and Metallica. Those are like our newest newest ones in the row. But we're about to get a, we're about to get a maiden. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. Thinking, I think of a place like a museum, and then there's Iron Maiden in it. Well, the reason why is because we I had to pick, you know, again, we're curating. I'm a, I'm both a player and a kind of a curator, so it's Keith Elwin's first game, and he's a world-renowned pinball player, and so it's kind of, there's a reason why, historically, you know, but also, if you're going to have, if you've got 60 games, you've got to pick the best, you know, so... Uh, it's, I think it's solid and people, people definitely want to play it. So, so, and we can rotate games out too. That's another thing. We've got enough to do that with, but right now we have probably the nicest bonsai run on the planet. That's really, we just secured one from a collector, Steph in, uh, Canada. I don't know if you know him or not, but, um, we, we picked it up at, uh, Allentown and, uh, he was like, oh, you'll like it, but I need to be paid up front, you know, before I even see you, before you see it. But you'll be happy with it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. But then I but I talked to some other friends and I talked to some of them like, oh, yeah, Steph's solid. He's got a great collection. And I looked online at his videos. Anyway, so I, I meet him in Allentown. He's like, yeah, we're about to leave in 15 minutes, so we need to give you your game. And I was like, whoa, okay. I'm, I was like shopping around. I'm like, well, shit, he already has my money. I got to do it. So I don't know what's going on. So he comes out. I get to meet him. He's just really cool. You know, he's wearing this like black turtleneck, and there's other like, two guys, and they're like, you know, I got that uh, speaking French because they're from you know Quebec area, and they're like these Navy SEALs. You know, like they just jump out of this van. They got like this game immaculately wrapped. They're like, yes, you put the game up there, and you move over here, and open it, and then they just like boom, and they load the game in my car, and it's like one, two, three, bam. I'm like, all right, you you love it. Don't worry about it. You love it. You know, and. <laughs> It's just the coolest thing ever, you know? So I'm like, all right, all right, cool. I can't wait to unwrap it. But, oh, my God, this thing is amazing. I mean, it's just – I'm looking at it right now, and it's like the 
I mean, the stencils are perfect. The paint is perfect. That lock bars, everything's got this like glossy black. It's been cleared. The back glass even thing has been cleared back there. Uh, just like now, some you know, some people when they walk in, they don't know what this is. You know, they're just like, oh, it's just a oh, cool. The ball goes up in the back glass. But the pinball people, when they see this, they're they're just stuck on it. They're like, oh my god, this is awesome. I've never seen one this good. So that's our little crown jewel right now. And like you know, it's it's in a condition where most collectors, I think, would be. They put a dust cloth over it invite you over to play one game and then cover it back up and say, okay, get out of here. You know, is it like one of the diamond flight ones or is it just like, so I awesome? Know. I think it's been, I think it's been completely professionally re-cleared because I mean, it looks like brand new, everything about it. So anyway, but I'm like, you know, pinball's meant to be played. I want the public to have a taste of, you know, what we did growing up. So yeah, let them play it, you know? So you were at this year's Allentown. Yes, I was there, and you were there too, weren't you? Yeah, I saw you for like two seconds. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even see you. You just you went, you and, you went by me, and I even told someone. I, I said, "There's Nick. That's Nick Shell. He's the guy I got my cheetah from. He's the cheetah guy." And how is Cheetah coming along? Cheetah's awesome. We it's love working cheetah. great, playing great. Yeah, I mean, it had the CPU. I mean, it still had the battery on it, but there was no battery damage. There's no acid damage. Um, I mean, all the stuff was just pretty much mechanical. Um, it had a well, one, well, yeah, the one flipper didn't work. It had a burnt trace on the uh, the, the uh, driver board behind, like the flipper relay, so the one flipper wouldn't work. So I just got that, put a jumper in there, jumper wire, and back to life it was. I, th- I think that was the only major thing that kind of didn't work, and all the rest of it was just uh, one of the drop targets was sheared off. I had to go into my collection of, I have like Franken targets. It's like all different. Oh, gotcha. It's got like a one and a three in, in the five bank, and the other ones are like one's like a nine ball target, and the other ones are just like this the, the Seberg S targets. But works just peachy. Good, good. Well, I was really uh, when I came across that, and the you know, back glass play field looks super nice and everything. I'm like, yeah, I guess it's timely that they were looking for one. So yeah, let's hook them up anyway. But uh, glad it's working out. I want to come see your bar. That's Bruce. Bruce has the bar. All right. I got to go see this place, <laughs> you know? Hey. <laughs> so, well, he has, he has like a franken cheetah. He had like a back box and a back glass from somewhere he got. Then he got like a body for $23.10 in Arkansas which he drove down to pick up, which is ridiculous. He got it like in some kind of estate sale, like ridiculous. Then he got like a, he found like an NOS playfield somewhere. He's going to have an impressive cheetah when it gets done. That'll probably end up in the bar. I'm guessing. That's cool. It's just that you got to mix it up, you know, give people some classic solid state, alphanumeric, all that. But you know what? We don't always see EMs. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. He had a he had a Grand Prix in there for a little bit. What happened? What happened? Uh, it, it was actually someone else's, and that person sold it. Uh, well, maybe I'll have to get one of mine up there. Just, <laughs> we, we, uh... we have failed the EM gods once again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know that's the thing. I'm I'm uh, I am an advocate of this subtle subtle use of LEDs. Um, 
not in the GI, but just under the inserts and certain places in the back glass and, and the clear coat, you know. But um, I, when, when it's like that, I, it, it hooks people who uh, normally wouldn't be, I guess, EM people. And that just tells me it's like maybe the reason people don't play the EMs as much is because they just don't feel the same as moderns do. And if you think of it that way, well... It's just because they've got cupped inserts and they're kind of not, you know, snappy and fresh, and that can be fixed. So I hear you. you know, I hear yeah. you. But uh, they do take some time to rebuild. That's that's the main thing. So so um, so take me for example, as someone who's a solid state guy. What kind of pitfalls could I avoid? Like sell me on EMs. Like what what kind of skills? <laughs> what kind of skills would I have to attain to be confident? In my EM purchase, because I know Bruce. Bruce, I mean, he's had ridiculous amounts of games, but he had like two or three EMs, and at least one of them, which I think was a Grand Prix, also like a different Grand Prix, was a basket case, and he just could not fix it himself, and he ended up giving up. Well, help us, help uh, us. I would first, I would say, probably start with a one player. Start with a one player em that you really like because then you don't have to deal with any sort of player selection unit or anything like that i mean i don't really see uh um all right one player so i gotta i gotta find the one players i like uh, 2001 would be up there oh well that's my favorite pl- i mean that's that's yeah. that's i think you know I mean, definitely my favorite one player for sure um uh, yeah what a that is that that should be the top wedge head. Period. Um, yeah, because you have less to work on. Like a classic that that 2001 isn't too tough um, to rebuild. You got a couple of drop target banks to reassemble, but it's a couple. You know, There's like 30 zillion drop targets in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have 10 apiece. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's it, it, Ron. It's a matter of of working with your hands versus sort of working with your sort of computer kind of let's just replace it kind of mentality like uh it's a shift it's just shift gears a little bit you know it's funny people who are in the auto car hobby have an easier time with ems because they're used to doing you know cleaning out either carburetors or rebuilding a little fuel injector or whatever um although that's really more plug and play kind of thing but um uh, yeah, like the old car hobby is kind of like that. It's a EMs just require some manual knowledge, hands-on. You know, do you like working with your hands? You know, like little projects or anything. I guess. Um, uh, I'd say yeah. I mean, yep. that's you know, it's like I mean, even people who like to sew, you know, or knit, you know, it's like it's kind of on that level. It's it's a manual, hands-on type of knowledge that's that's been lost. But it's really rewarding, you know. It's a, I, I kind of look at it as a kind of a Zen meditative thing, you know. There's almost nothing I like better than, I got a million demands, you know. Like people want to do, you know, they call me for these interviews. Oh, sorry. Oh, hey. Um. Anyway, but um, they, you know, there's there's uh, so many things to do. But then, just sitting down, clearing the table, putting my EM, you know, motherboard out, and just kind of. Going through everything, making everything click and move just like it should, and then putting it back in. That, I mean, hours can go by. It just feels like minutes. And that's just the coolest thing. 
Yeah, I would think, I mean, from what I've seen with the EMs, I, I would think if you went through every unit and everything on every unit worked right and all switches were adjusted right, that it should just work. Uh, that's true. It, and it, it, it's, if you, if you take part in EM, I, I mean, that's when I get a new EM, I just rebuild the whole thing. And then 98% of the time it'll work. And then that other 2%, you're just sort of dialing in the little, kind of getting it dialed in like your little play field switches, but you have to do that anyway with solid states. You yes. Know? So, yep. so it's just that stuff. Let's see. Uh, 2001 or a target pool. Like target pool. Target pool. Target pool is like baby two thousand one. Yeah, I like. What is it? Don't they both have in lanes? Well, they yeah they both yeah have in-lanes. maybe that's they, my thing. They got the two inch flippers, but they got in lanes, so it feels a little less intimidating. No, they both have like that pop bumper at the top. Two thousand one is two, but target pool has its pop bumper at the top and little slings that kick. So, and they both have targets all around. So the, I thought those. It's funny you picked those two because they are the, the most kind of similar in my opinion. So, huh? We're learning something about Ron's preferred geometry today. That is true. He's a. What that means to me is that he is a flow player. He likes games that form, not so much target shooting back and forth, but more of this round circular movement a little bit of target shooting but also a little bit of random flow to it uh, that would probably explain why i have so many steve ritchie games yes i do like flow yeah yes flow that's, good. Why, that's why the freedom prototype should be on your list yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best figure eight pattern of almost any but anyway um so we got to get you one yeah we got to get bruce and em on his in his bar because it's just Come on, guys. Just one. (laughs) (laughs) So anything else you want to talk about as the executive director? Uh, Well, I mean, I, I, you know, once I get ahead of the project queue and really get some of these games up to where I want them to be, I still want to make tours, you know, the local tours up the East Coast. I want to do pinball school. You know, we have like a great building here. We have a whole huge conference room and a work area. I could have people come. I mean, this would be fantastic for people to just like take a little mini vacation. We got like a Hampton right next door. Go out to eat. Go have some beers. Talk pinball. Come in. Play. Come learn. I mean, this could be like, hey, this could be. That's actually not a bad idea. We could do a pinball school vacation. Huh. So anyway, as all kinds of things are possible for this place but uh yeah i'm i'm just say i'm still out there still wanting to help folks still wanting to spread the pinball gospel especially em stuff and uh trying to turn roanoke uh, into a, a world-class uh pinball destination so uh yeah stay tuned it's coming right along excellent so now you're on the east coast you're going to be going to more of the like the east coast shows you said you were in allentown yeah, I'm going to be in uh, competing in Pinburg. <laughs> I could get a ticket. So that'll be my first time to do a major um, tournament. You picked the best one. I'm not really a tournament Especially player. Especially if you're not really a tournament player, it's yeah. the best one. It's the one I'd recommend first. Yeah, that's why I figured I'd just take a chance on it and just see what happens. So I'll be at Pinburg, and uh, I'm also going to York Show most likely. Nice. So, uh, and then also Southern Fried, uh, Southern Fried Game Room. Isn't that uh, the one in Nashville, I think? Uh, no, that was that's that's Atlanta. No, this is – no, there's one that uh, my buddy uh, David Corrigan puts together in uh, Nashville. It's the um, – that's right. It's the Grand Old Game Room Expo. 
Yeah, David is, um, he is, I think he brought like 40 games or something to that. I mean, just himself. It's just some ungodly high number of games just to get that thing launched. And he's been doing it, you know, steadily every year. So, I mean, holy That's moly. That's insane. Uh, it's kind of like, yeah. I think it was the Pacific Pinball Expo. They would have like all these EMs, and I think they were owned by one or two guys. Like an insane amount, like rows and rows of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think I'll bring one to York. What do you want me to bring to York? If, are you going to go to that? I don't go to York. Bruce usually goes to York. It's a little, it, it's like, for me, it's like six hours. Oh, it's, it's is like it? a little, yeah, it's a little, t- you know, for, it, it's a smaller show, which I, I, I did like to go to it, but I just, it's just too long a drive. Wait, where do you guys live? Well, he lives in Rochester. I live in Albany, New York. Okay. Yeah, we're like three and a half hours plus apart, so. Yeah, if it's just three, that's easy. If it's six, and you're and, Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's longer than driving to Buffalo. <laughs> so that's all you need to know there. <laughs> I do miss the Harley plant. That was always cool to go by. Are they in the same location? Oh, I have no idea. I've, I've never been. Oh, yeah. I probably should be the one to answer that question. Hey, Ron, are they in the same location? I don't know. I said, then I could see Bruce is in here, so I could do that. Yes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, yes, they are. Some of Bruce's yes-isms. Yes-isms. Yes. Yeah, any Bruce-isms. Yeah, lots of Bruce-isms. <laughs> I remember, yeah, well, so if you're there, there is a, the Harley factory. It's a highlight. And de- depending on how you go there, you might run into some horse and buggy, some Amish stuff. You know what? On the tour, I heard one of the funniest quotes I had never expected to hear, that um, – Dave, uh, Dave Brennan, uh, has an awesome collection of games, uh, most beautiful fathom I've ever seen, some nice uh, Zacharias. He's like going to build a, a, like a shed or a little arcade barn out back, you know, and uh, a friend of his was with us, and he said, uh, yeah, you ought to get the uh, Amish to build you a pinball barn. They do a good job. And I thought, there is a connection that can only happen in the modern age. The Amish building a pinball bar, a pinball barn for, you know, that just that connection, taking a horse and buggy up to build a, a, a palace of sterns and, and valleys. I don't know. It was just the contrast. contrast so what, what would you call an arcade in the Amish built barn like that? That's what I mean. Now you've got a theme in it. You've got to have the a The Jebediah Arcade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Right? I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think Amish names, for whatever reason, that's the only one that pops in my head. <laughs> Ezekiel. The Ezekiel Arcade, or something <laughs> like that. And you go in, and there's like all these games, but because they don't believe in electricity, none of them are powered on. I, I guess they'd all have to be like like pre war models, or, or like, you know, just, I don't know, gravity based. Like some of the stuff I used to see. It, was it Texas? Like one of the shows, they had like the pre-war section, or like the or like the yeah. '30s, and and the stuff that's not plugged in, and it's just mostly marbles. Yeah, that's Jeff Frick's uh, fantastic little area there, the pre-war area. Yeah, so if you had an great. Amish arcade, that's literally that's all you could have in it, right? Because you had, can't have any electricity. <laughs> all right, uh, Bruce says he's on. Okay, we have Bruce has joined us, but unfortunately, due to the awesomeness of Skype. We cannot get this. It, it is so weird. Like, I can't call Nick, but Nick can call me. 
but if Nick calls me, I can't get Bruce on. We can't have a threesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. As you can tell, <laughs> Bruce has entered. Oh, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and unfortunately this means we go from the nice clear Nick to cell phone Nick. So I, I apologize. It's like cell phone sex Nick. Yes, excellent. Man, you know, we had a nice classy podcast going, and then you entered. I'm loved by all. Uh, yeah. Would it help the quality if I were to invoke my radio voice? Oh. <laughs> Jeff Teolis, here we come. Jeff Teolis. Um, so, we were talking about the, it, uh, yes, Nick, Nick is the executive director. Of the Roanoke Pinball Museum. Yes. Nice. Yes, indeed. Yes, and it is actually a uh, answer. This is, you know, it is an answerable to a board of directors who have various endowments, and some of them fly in on private jets, and they want to know what's going on with their little pinball museum. So there is, I do have to answer questions and then demonstrate strategies and show charts and pictures and happy people. So there is a, there is a kind of a, I mean, it's a, it's, it's not like running an arcade in a strip mall. There is a, an answerable uh, responsibility here, you know? So I got to gotta be on point. Sounds hard. It, well, I knew this was going to be a challenge, you know, walking in, because uh, first of all, the games were, yeah, we, we, you can't walk into a museum of six, 60 games and have 15 of them off, you know, turned off because of various conditions. I'm like, guys, you can't do this. So anyway, and... So yeah, over the past several months, before even before I got here, I was like, well, you need to sell that one and buy this one, and then you need to put that one inside, and you need to put new plastics on this. You know, so so I've been kind of working behind the scenes while I was kind of wrapping up the tour, but uh, not until I actually got here in uh, oh, it was after TPF, which uh, Bruce, were you? You didn't go to TPF. No, I did not. I was I was no. getting the. I'm still working on the bar, still doing stuff at the bar, and making sure that's successful, just like you're doing it. At the Roanoke Museum, I need to do the same thing with my stuff, including bar stuff, besides pinball so you, stuff. Yeah, and I'm getting that, too. I'm getting the barcade, think got the pin belts put in, and just talked to Ron about, you want to buy the left side ones, but then install them on the right side so that they come out front rather than on the side and block your access and all that. So I, I, cool. I still I do it the other way. I don't you go ahead and put them on it. the side? Yep, because I guess what? I like the bar- It's actually a natural barrier. So the pinball machines can't get too close. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you can do it that way too. But then yep. hope your people don't get confused left and right. You know, they're like, "Hey, I'm left-handed. That's my beer." Oh, it's not. Anyway, I don't know. Guess what? Then if they can't control their own beer, they're screwed. That's their fault. They can't control their own beer. Oh, and by the way, Bruce, you need to put an EM at the bar. That's what I've been told. I had one, and we blew it up. I I I, I told Nick that, but you still need one. I would love to get another one. You got to talk to Zachary. Hi, Zach. Oh, that's right. You got Zach to do. He can hook you up with one. Yeah, he Come did. On. We we killed his get Grand Prix in four weeks. Hmm. What 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 happened to it? Uh the the uh, chime unit completely blew apart. The welds blew broke apart. apart. The welds broke apart on the chime unit. His <laughs> uh, he had a short. Where once in a while it blow the GI fuse and one of the relay fuses. He was playing with that for a little while. Then the scoring motor would just go wacky once in a while. 
underneath the uh, playfield one for the. Uh... And yeah, he was in there more than he wanted to be. Well, uh, you know, if you're going to have one on location, um, just add, I mean, I'd be curious. He, he probably didn't fully rebuild it because no, that's, no, that's he like didn't. No, he did. Yeah. But yeah, he, it, it was pretty good actually. When it no, when it, when it was running, it ran like a top for the first three weeks. It ran like a a champ, and then all of a sudden, just like it, just like a gremlin got in there. But that's the thing. All this stuff, like okay, like you got uh, Ron. Did you see the Polynesia game at TPF? I probably did. I mean, it's the tiki bar, the tiki bar themed EM. Tell me you saw that. Oh my gosh. I have to see a picture. Oh my gosh. Okay, maybe not. Well, it was a student prince, and I, I, I was responsible for the mechanical part of it, the rebuild, and then. Is that the one that looked like all wood? Yes. 100% okay. Wood. Yes. yes. I did see yes. that. Yep. Yes. yes. So Paul, Paul did all the woodwork on that, and I did all the mechanical stuff. Well, it's a, it was a student prince, and he got it for free practically, and it, it needed everything. So I rebuilt that thing from the ground up, and then there was I, I rebuilt like ninety five percent of it because that's all we had time to do before the show. And then at the show, the other 5% was failing. You know, like everything I hadn't touched was just starting to come apart. So I'm like, you know, you just cannot take any shortcuts with these 50-year-old games, you know? So, no, I agree. Yeah, so um, it sounds like that's probably what happened with the Grand Prix, is that it was like all the stuff that Zach didn't have time to touch might have been that stuff that was just on its last leg. Yeah, and being in a public environment was, will definitely stress it. So, but uh, Zach's good; he knows what he's doing. You know, oh, I'm so he glad does. That, uh, he does. Yeah. And we uh, we had a great time with it. You know, people enjoyed it. They played the snot out of it, but they really played the snot out of it. Hmm. Well, you know, maybe uh, we gotta do, we gotta do we gotta get you a, a rebuilt one to a cleared play field. You know, and one that's just like just snappy and rebuilt. If we that would be let's, nice. Let's, Let's do that for you. Let's get that Come on, Zach. for the get public. It you know. Get it done, Zach. Get it done. <laughs> Nick is the master of the uh, Clear Playfield EMs club. Yes, I know he is. We've seen this. All EMs must be cleared. No, no, I did not say that. Ron said Ooh, that. Oh, not all not of them. That. Okay. No, no, no. Only, if, only, no, don't need to clear all of them. Just the ones that you're taking to. Come on, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail. <laughs> no one's going to clear my EM. Screw that No, guy. not through that. Yeah. Sinner. Now, they made how many millions, or millions, so there's hundreds of thousands of them, I mean, that were made. And, I mean, you want to talk about the EMs, first of all, they're just going to survive, period. It's not going to be a huge number. And then of those, how many are going to get cleared? So, you know, when one or two get cleared along the way, there's there's dozens more that aren't. So the collectors shouldn't. You know, fret about that. If anything, I think it makes them more valuable, but you know, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to Roanoke? What do you know about this little town? I was there about 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Well, you ago. know what? It may not seem that different. I, because I, I guarantee, <laughs> guarantee it hasn't. I guarantee it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the, well, that, it, but I mean that in a good way because the population hasn't changed since like 1956 or something like that. It's still right around 100,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, your your exurbs have grown, but the c- city proper is still right about 100. And so that's great because we it's pretty. You don't have the McMansion thing, you know, and like the just the over the capitalist 
speculation that comes in and just eviscerates everything you love and replaces it with, you know, chain restaurants and, you know, overpriced condos like that didn't happen here. So it's still like this kind of scenic railroad town in the little blue Ridge Valley. And it's like, it's just a cool little place. So it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe it'll, I hope it doesn't get ruined. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I understand with that too. It, you know, you want the the quaintness and the niceness of it, but you know, you still want to increase a little bit of population and also make it a little newer stuff too. But that gets rid of the quaintness, so it's it's a it's a fine line. Yeah, that's why I just feel special. That's why I want this. I'm, I'm putting ninety hour weeks, and uh, Bruce, you know, that's what it takes in the entertainment business. You know, ninety hour weeks, always <laughs> something to deal with. But I'm, I want this museum to be like like a world-class destination so it's like mm-hmm. oh wow you know like wouldn't expect a thing like this and it's to be like this so it's i think it's gonna happen but uh are you putting in like uh you know are you getting any sleep at your uh bar oh god gig? well let's just say today today we're closed and i was there at 11 o'clock today and i left there at 8 30 oh didn't... so you came in late and get, getting out early good for you yeah well yeah on the day off <laughs> on the day off Oh, day off. What is that like? Oh, and it's very rare for me also. But today, we are oh closed every Monday. We're closed every Monday, but I'm there <laughs> almost every Monday. Tomorrow, I'll be there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I will leave there till 1 o'clock in the morning. So, people listening, pay heed. When you see, you see people owning a bar in an arcade, and it's like, oh, man, it'd be cool to have my own place. They'll come in and pay money. <laughs> Yeah, you have to yeah. live there. Yeah, I do live there. I love my I love my job. You know, I love my place. It's just there. There's a lot of pluses and minuses. Like you're always depending on other people. That's the yeah. hardest thing, especially for your internet. No, I don't mean that. I mean people coming in actually, literally to the building and spending oh, money. That's sorry, the hardest sorry. thing. But you know that that's the hard one of the hard things. But when you get people in there, it's great until they start drinking. And then when they start drinking, the IQ level goes way down. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah. And that's yeah. where you, you wish beer CO was a little more effective. Yeah. And, uh, so, and I love when people yeah. put drinks on, their, on the machines, even though there's a cup holder next to each machine. And, and how, you know, I'm going to get to cross this. We're, we're, we're going to do our first, like, late-night barcade thing. Mm-hmm. This weekend, and I'm going to get an education. And I mean, I had a bar with my brother like 13 years ago in Austin, okay. and so I had a little taste of that. But um, with pinball, it's just sort of like, yeah. So I have a little PA system, and I'm going to walk around. It's going to be funny. I'm going to do a little contest. And I'm going to be like, okay, I need four people. It's Valley Wizard, and the winner we're going to give a little T-shirt or the Roanoke Pinball Museum. But I see someone over here. Where are you from, um, Johnny? Where are you from? From Albany, yes. Your um, beer is on the game, and, and we don't like that, do we? Ooh, you know, I don't know. You know, like they used to do an old skating rink, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna do, do a funny little thing like that for adults. But you got. How do you? What do you? You know, you don't want to be the bad guy and say get that game. No, no, I just, I just. But what, they can't know, do it, you know. You know yeah. what I do? I actually go over there and just pick up their drink and put it in the cup holder. And they look at me, and I said, "Oh, I just don't want to ruin the electronics in the machine." Beer and beer and electronics don't mix. And they look at me and go, "Oh, and, okay." And that's it. And their level of, you know, shit facery 
<laughs> oh, I <laughs> depends keep on how well they'll take it, right? Exactly, it does. You know? It does. But I, I usually, yeah, yeah. when it's really busy in the afternoon, in the early evening, I'm upstairs usually watching the stuff. Towards later in the night, most people flock back down to the stairs to actually go and drink at the bar. So then, at late night, between eleven and one or eleven and two, I'm by the door, making sure people don't walk out with the beer bottles outside into the main street. So I have to be mm. multitasking. Yep, yep. Oh, so that's the fun part too. But yeah, no, I just, I just actually, when I see something on the thing, I don't even say a word to them. I just grab the beer and put it right or to drink, and I put it right in the cup holder. And they look at me, and I said, "Oh, electronics and and beer, or, you know, whatever it is you're drinking, don't mix." I'm going to put a cutout picture of Uncle Sam, and he's going to be pointing at the cup holder and he's going to say, "I want you to put to your." <laughs> drink beer here. in the yes yes <laughs> seriously <laughs> the best though, the best is when they put it like we have a lot of like stairs around the area and everything like that and they put it right on the edge of the stairs so then if it fell off it would fall oh. down that's the most funniest thing I'm like oh my god please no 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 please no I haven't had anybody so eat what, on the machine yet either though. that's the good thing oh yeah yeah oh my god uh, so what what kind of ages do you get up there. Uh, it all varies. We have we actually do kids parties, but we also uh, all the way up to you know next door we have a very fancy Italian restaurant next door, and then some of the people walk by and say, "Oh, what's in here?" and they come in and they see it. So it all varies. We have twelve year olds all the way up. We have a we actually have one kid that comes in with his parents every weekend, and he's seven, and he plays Pac Man. His Pac Man. He'll play pinball. He'll play everything. Awesome. So it, we're trying to expand it. That's the big thing. Uh, how many square feet do you have? 3,700. Yeah, that's right about where we're at. We're in the three-ish zone, and it would be nice to expand, but we, we currently can't. And, can't yeah. and yeah, you, yeah, and and you really to to, to really rake it in, you got to be in the six to eight thousand range. That's where you can really, if if you're you know if you have the Location, of course, depends on it too. But um, yeah, yeah when, you're, us, when you're three, the, four thousand is where you got to be real efficient with like how you do everything. Yeah, well, we only there. have twenty-five pins, and then we have the pool table, we have a ball bowler, we have a dart machine. I got a couple of video games, and then the rest is you know restaurant area, spacing plus our kitchen, plus the bar itself. So we're trying yeah, to do billiard multi-time. machine probably that billiard table takes up uh gosh it takes up so much space oh it so. does it does but a lot of people go down there and play and drink that's right that's so, right that's you need yep now i got 60 60 pins so that's pretty much that's the show if i didn't have like if i didn't have the pool table and the dart room and the ball bowler and the seating area for the food, I could probably fit, what do you think, Ron, 55, maybe 60 in there? It'd be tight. It'd be tight. But I probably could. I Maybe 45 comfortably. But I got 25 upstairs now, Ron. What does that tell you? You got a lot of games. got a lot of games upstairs. for my, it, We originally were planned on 16. So, yeah. More is well, better. I'm seeing these barcades pop up all over the place. Um, you know, we... Even around Virginia, you drive two hours in any direction, and you got one in Charlottesville, and of mm-hmm. course there's Asheville Pinball Museum. They're a little further than two hours, but my buddy Jackie down in Bristol has the Flipside Arcade. There's one in Martinsville. There's one in the Richmond Pinball Collective. They're all about you know, about two hours-ish away. 
and um, and more are coming. You know, more. Yeah. Oh yes, and, there's supposedly another one coming in Rochester. We've heard about. Well, we have one. There's one before us. They're actually a more video game than pinball. They have a lot of old classics games, but they only have they have I think 18 pins, and it's in an old church, which is kind of cool. And there's yeah. supposedly another one coming in downtown Rochester. And I haven't heard who's doing their games. I think they're going to try to do it themselves. Like the first place did it themselves originally, and then they actually got an operator to take over and do the work. Uh, it's hard doing your own stuff, of course, as you would know, Nick. Well, museums and barcades, they live and die by the quality of the maintenance. So exactly. if you, you know, they're lucky they got me because they've got a tech who's also, you know, like, PR and marketing and all this other stuff too, you know, yep. but if, if, um, but I still have some help because I can't do everything. No one can do everything. But uh, yeah, most folks, they think I'll just buy the machines and I'll hire tech. No, I was dead. You got to hire yeah. techs. You, you have to, you got to be the tech. <laughs> you got to be the tech. You got to be the tech to make the tech happen. That's right. That is right. So well, I, I can empathize with the no sleep 90 hour thing. So folks, Heed our experience. It's yeah. uh, you, you have you have to eat, drink, and live it twenty four seven. You got to live then, it that much. And then the fun thing is when you actually got to deal with now the beer distributors and the taxes from the state, and also the food and the health department and all that fun stuff. Well, that's where we're doing a little thing a little bit differently. Um, is that as a nonprofit, you know, we don't have a kitchen. We're not doing our own food, so we're having. A catering company that is we're writing off their little license and that way we're able to you know they of course get some of the profit as well mm-hmm. but uh, at least we don't have to do it all you yeah. know and they can come in and, and serve and deal with that part of it so it's kind of nice but that is nice yeah if it was if it was just a pure barcade not a museum at all then yeah we'd have to you have to go it alone oh yeah it's, it's just it gets a little nerve-wracking <laughs> but it's great. But what a great job, you know? This is yeah. awesome. We get to provide the games and anyway, um I hope I I, I want to come see your place and I hope you can oh, come down cool. here when I got to give me a couple of months so I'll get these EMs all beautified and That'd be good. You know, get them running, but uh, Are we going to have a, are we going to have the freedom prototype there or what? Oh god. We <laughs> <laughs> He had to bring that up. Nick <laughs> already brought it up like twice. Well, you know, Ron's, we learned Ron's, Ron is a flow player, and he loves 2001 and Target Pool. Well, it's yes. like Freedom Prototypes right in that category, too. So spend some more time with it. Hey, but we'll, we'll have it soon. Good. Excellent. Yeah. So I know Zach would even come down for that if you ever get him out of uh, New York State. Get him out of New York State. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't like to travel too much. He'll travel once in a while to Pennsylvania, that kind of stuff, but it's hard. Will I see you guys at Pinburg? Yes. 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 Yes, I have, I have my three days off. I am it's the only three days off in a row I will have. And both of you are competing? Yes. But of course. Uh, and Ron, I've never uh, missed a pin. Well, this will be my first. Yes, I told Nick, this is the, it's the first one you're going to do, first tournament, or like this. This is the best one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Excellent. I know Excellent. it's completely unrelated, but uh, I'm really excited they're going to have the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out tournament. Do you see that? It, what? No, no, it's not Mike Tyson. It's Buster Douglas. No, it's Mike Tyson. You're going to be playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out. No, you're going to be playing Buster no, Douglas. No, no, no. Read the rules. You play Mike Tyson's Punch Out. They'll warp you to it. Whoever beats him the fastest 
wins the tournament and gets to face Buster Douglas in his own game. Oh, God, it should be. And Buster, he, Buster Douglas, Douglas himself will be there. Isn't that cool? I'm psyched. I know I'm getting my NES out, and I am going to start practicing. I have never – I've only knocked Mike Tyson out once in that game, never finished it, and I tried so many times. I, I can't I, – that's way too hard. I got him in two rounds once. That's the best I did. Like K- KO'd? Yep. You always got to KO him. Wow. Wow. So do you win the game at that point? Is yes. it over? Oh, yeah, it's done. Yep. Yep, you are the awesome champion. Mike Tyson says uh, you're so fast and your fingers. I've never seen such finger speed before or something. I think he says. Yes, something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick, Bruce. Yes. Want to talk about news? Yes. Yes. Okay, let's go for it. All right, let's go for it. All right, this is from This Week in Pinball.com. The source hi, Jeff. For, hi, Jeff. The source for all pinball news. The Iron Maiden Premium was revealed. Yes, it was. It looks incredible. So okay, so Bruce is he? Bruce likes the artwork. I love it. Has Nick seen it yet? I have seen it. Uh, it's it's I. I mean, hey, Zombie Eddie's awesome. Let's yes. just say it right there, obviously. But of the three, it's probably my least favorite of the artworks. Is really wow. okay. Yeah, That's... it's 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 very it's heavy Egyptian. You know, you got that little lower playfield thing, back glass, and side. It's all. It's it's a lot of a lot of tut. I love tut. A lot of I love tut. My, I, Power <laughs> Slay is my favorite album, so that's why I'm very excited about it. I'll get to this later, but at the New York City Pinball Championships, I asked Keith Owen. Well, actually, he he said Bruce Bruce got an Iron Maiden. He said he wasn't going to get one, and he got one. Yeah. And then I, I I told him like I'd have to play a premium first, and he told me I haven't played a premium. Oh wow! So there you go. <laughs> So the designer of the game is yet to play the premium. That's all you need to yes. know there. But uh, you know, no. we we are. I, I told Ron we we are getting a maiden. Very no, you, it's a great game. We've done really well with it so far. Uh, we've had uh, we've had it almost a month now, and it's done pretty pretty darn good for us. And I'm very happy with it. And the quality's been very good. I'm waiting for that 1.0 code just to get us a little bit over. I think uh, Keith's already said that he's changing some of the loop scoring. Loop scoring is a little biased. But, well, I know he'll fix it because he's got the finger. I mean, if anyone can figure out an exploit, it's key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The loops, loop scoring. It's you know, think about it. You're getting uh, the multi. You know, the jackpots and all the other modes are like one to three to five million. And when you get four or five loops, you're up to forty million or thirty million with the multipliers. Yeah. Going and it's like, whoa, yeah. hello. Well, it's not like you're a flow player or anything, Bruce. I know. I like no. to repeat loops over <laughs> and over and over again. I actually. I'm very proud of it. Zach and Jeff, who comes to the bar a lot, counted. I made 10 ramps in a row. Wow. 10, ten ramps or loops? 10 ramps. Ramps in a row. You mean ramps like Terminator 2 left, style? Left, right, left, right. That's and ridiculous. Like, oh my, on that one, I, that is very ridiculous. They're like, oh, my God. I, like this got, I was in the zone one one game. It's a great game. That's it's a great game. I'm, insane. Okay. And I was actually having better luck. I know everyone says it's harder going to the left. The right is definitely harder. I know Keith said that also. The right ramp is actually harder. But if you know where to hit it on the flipper, at, you know, right at the point of the flipper, I'm getting it every time. So if I know where to hit something on the flipper, I'll make the shot. That's a revelation. You know, luckily, I, I watched Pinball 101. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Next news item is not positive, unfortunately. 
Dutch's pinball troubles continue. Yeah. We knew that was coming. They're done. They're basically getting sued by the uh, original company that was supposed to build the games for them. ARA. (sighs) So... But but if they win, they're in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, after the trial ends in three years. Come on. Done. I know. Done. done. Sorry. I'm just sorry to all the people who pre-ordered. You got screwed. You're not going to get your game. That's unfortunate. Next item, Supreme Pinball, rumored to drop this Thursday with 200 units at $10,500 apiece. Okay, there's a lot of hate about this, and, you know, okay. I don't care. They're selling pinball. We, I, That's yeah, all you know, more Right, more pinball is more pinball. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is, you know, these, you know, you say, well, it's just for these rich skaters who have more money than cents and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you saying that pinball is getting put, getting put in front of uh, a lot of people with who are well healed, kind of young, maybe a little naive, but maybe they didn't weren't exposed to pinball before. So that's getting pinball awareness spread to like millions of people who might not have otherwise noticed or cared or seen it. Yeah, even if it's kind of douchey. Well, it's more pinball. Yeah. Hey, hooray! We I like win. that douchey. That's kind of what it is, but. And man, it's one of the ugliest looking cabinets that artwork ever. <laughs> just like white with like uh the red. White with man, red. If if it's if it gets more young people into pinball, that can't be bad. It won't though. Absolutely. Only, it but it, but the problem is it's only two hundred machines and most of these people will it, honestly there's a lot of if you go to like the if you ever watch that M T V Cribs show, there's a lot of guys on there with a lot of pinball machines in their houses and arcade games. You know, that didn't spread the wealth to making all these games so popular. They just did it so they can have a place to hang out. It's not going to help too much, but it will bring a pinball aura to, you know, to the maybe the Commonwealth for that one hour they're for sale or maybe one 10 minutes or five minutes. It's going to go faster than, you know, people are, these are going to sell out within three minutes. Faster than Pinburg tickets, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. Yeah, but what will happen then is then other companies can say, oh, well, look what it did for them. Maybe we'll do a a licensed thing or maybe we'll contact. You know, it's like it can lead to more. It's more. More begets more. Like Bacardi with their Bagatelle game from Highway. Oh, that's right. That didn't do well. Wow. 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 Okay. You are, you, are, you are a cauldron of positiveness. Well, when it comes to that, yes. Uh, yeah, we have Replay FX to host the largest women's tournament in the world, which I believe we we, we mentioned that last week. Yes, we did. Yeah, it's going to be 64 max players, prize pool more than $5,000. Yep. Cool. All right. Awesome. Uh, Chicago Gaming's next game will be announced at uh, not yet. They will decide when they will decide it. when it's announced, and it looks like it's it's just going to take a little on. longer for that monster bash to come out. They yep. just they want to make sure <laughs> their Ellie is going to be over the top. Their own words, it's going to be mm-hmm. over the top. So a little little longer for monster bash. We're going to have Stallone in there then. Did you get the reference? Stallone and monster um, bash. Nope. No. Over the top. Oh Jesus. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Sammy Hager going to play the music? Uh, yeah. Yes. Over the Excellent. top, Dad. Am I going to turn my hat around? Yes. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, I watched this today. Virtual simulation of Highway Pinball's Playboy title. That was a train wreck. I, I guess they made like a future pinball version of what Playboy was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's actually out there on YouTube. 
Mm-hmm. And it's been out there for years. And it's been out there for years, and it's bad. It's, it's really terrible. bad. It's really bad. I didn't even look. Shoot here to take more clothes off. Yes. Oh, come on. I know, it's bad. The thing come is, did, 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 it has an upper play field. Did, I, I watched it. It didn't look like it. Like the ball ever went up there in any of the no. clubs. No, did not. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Didn't want to have to say this one, but uh, John Trudeau mm. arrested again. This was not for the uh, – yeah, we had the, the initial arrest for possession of the uh, child pornography, child yep. which he's still waiting judgment on that. Yep. Yet he was able to move out of state, which was yep. interesting. He moved to Iowa. Probably because he probably had no place to live. Yeah. And he was arrested, arrested again, again for basically, um, I guess, uh, sexual, sexual relations with like a seven-year-old. No, 13. No, well, it started at seven. Oh, God. From two, 1993 oh. to 2000. Ugh. And it was supposedly a family member. Which, if you remember that anonymous post that came out when he got hired by Stern. Yep. I think, I think you read it on the air. Yep, I did. It said like something about like what you did to someone in your care. Yep. Yeah. Somebody knew something. He's done. He sucks. Fuck him. Let's move on. Seventy years mm-hmm. old and and you gotta be in jail getting Oh yeah, they they don't like his kind in jail. No, 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 no. Poor Nick's like, what did I get into, man? Uh don't, oh, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, come on. Okay, well we'll talk about more positive. Did you know oh god, Zach's gonna love this. Mirko who makes a lot of the uh, yes. who makes a lot yes. of the play fields for um, you know, a lot of the repro play fields, but they also I believe they also make play fields for Jersey Jack. They're going to be producing godly play fields with haunted house in the immortal black hole being the first play fields built. And spirit yeah. in, in in talks also. Yeah, spirit and Stargate. So um, Zach could take his black hole to the next level. Yes, right. You could have the greatest black hole ever. So, Zach, get on that. Oh, and by the way, they, they're looking for a spirit they can use as a master. Spirit NOS playfield. That's what they were looking oh, for. Oh, yeah. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Zach has a spirit, but it definitely does not have the NOS playfield. No, 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 no. All right. Uh, let's see. Pinball Arcade losing the license. I think we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Monsters rumors. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So is everyone now buying the whole set? You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering because you have you have till June 30th to get all the games. So I'm wondering how much it would cost to buy everything. Three hundred and seventy dollars, I heard. Okay, three hundred seventy dollars. Wow. God no. Uh, no. 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 Oh way. I don't no. play right. They don't play I don't right. Know. I, have- yeah, that's yeah, well. If, yeah, if, well, if you're just getting no. into it, or if you want to learn the rule sets, yes. That's great. But especially if you've played a lot of these games, the real versions, you're going to go nuts playing yeah. that version. Like, you can save everything. Everything. Let's see. Uh, Monsters, upcoming, rumored, upcoming title. John Borg, supposedly. Okay. A Kill Bill homebrew machine. All right. It's a Freddy. Done. Oh, it's a Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street? It's a Freddy. Oh, man, the claws really? Are in, the claws are in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Check, please, now. Uh, there's a Kickstarter. Those are so good. Yeah, someone started a Kickstarter playing open a huge arcade in Atlanta. 
So they have a $250,000 goal. Yeah, I know Tim has been, um, he seems like a really nice guy, very, very passionate. Um, and, and that's, that's awesome. That's to be congratulated. Um, I, I, I posted a little bit on his thread about it. Um, and the artist concept of having a walkthrough, do you guys remember, um, in your, since you're my age, you probably weren't, um, well, you might've gone, but the Croft superstars, you remember those guys, the Croft shows land lost and sea monsters. You know, know their theme park that they opened. God, no, they opened a theme park and it was, they opened it in Atlanta. Okay. Okay. And they had a, pinball machine ride in it well did not know that yeah you get get inside of this thing and you you're in the ball and it like bounces off bumpers and all this stuff and it it looked there's only a couple of pictures that have survived from the from those times but they just it looks absolutely amazing but um the 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 park only lasted like eight or seven or eight or nine months because it was in a uh not in a great area at the time and in like Star Wars was kind of taking all the thunder from Croftland and all that stuff. So, anyway, just timing is bad. Business is bad. And then the uh, and it became CNN headquarters. You know, they have that giant escalator going up there. Well, that used to be the Croft theme park. Hmm. Is now CNN. Hmm. This is the CNN. point is, it's kind of like the what he drew is kind of like that. It kind of looks like trip through a pinball machine. And it's in the same part of Atlanta, and it's this grandiose, you know, idea. Yes, it would be cool, but I uh, I don't think you can kickstart Disneyland. Yeah, you know, you, you got to have a couple hundred million, you know, to do that kind of thing. So, yeah, no. uh, deep root, baby. Yeah, yeah deep root. Uh, yeah, maybe HR, maybe HR puffin stuff is really. The head anchor at CNN. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is some, there must be some that they like, they found a suit or something back yeah. there and they bring it out. Okay, I don't know. But, but, but look up, look up, <laughs> look up the Croft, uh, Croft, Croft pinball Museum. ride. Okay. And you'll see some things about it that, that, that's there. Just, that's what that Atlanta thing kind of reminds me the location, the ambition. It's, it's kind of uncanny anyway. Did you know that, well, we know because Nick mentioned it earlier, but Bruce might not know that Color DMD announced their 76th game, Starship yes. Troopers. Bug, bug, bug. And I have one for sale. He has one for sale, Bruce. I like the game. I've actually liked the game a lot. Kill the bug. Bug, bug, bug. I saved this for last because this is kind of its own segment. And this weekend, we had from the greatest city on Earth, New York City. The New York City Pinball Championships were held at the Skyline Hotel in New York City. And I was there. Mm-hmm. It was great. Congrats to A-Division winner Bowen Karens, who beat out John Rapogel, Keith Elwin, and Steve Bowden. Hi, Steve. Final bonus. Hi, Steve. Final bonus. Congratulations to Classics winner Austin Smith, who beat out Raymond Davidson, Justin Day, and Levy Naiman. Congrats to women's finals winner, and I'm going to say, I believe this is the correct way, Elisa Parks, who beat out Steph Gaida in a tiebreaker to win. That's right. Mm. Our own pinball princess. Yes. Second place in an exciting one-game playoff to decide it all. That's pretty cool, actually. She did very well. He did very well. Go, Steph. Excellent event. 
It was at the penthouse, the ninth mm-hmm. floor penthouse of the Skyline Hotel. The game selection, uh, Howard is a member of the Orange County Pinball Club. Howard Levine, he, he looked at the Classics pack and he, he said, like, man, it's like I picked all the games. Except mm-hmm. for like one or two of them, it's like, literally, this is what I would pick. And they had the women's finals were on like four different games. And actually, let me, let me bring that up right here. Actually, a lot of these are EMs. We can get Nick's opinion on what he thinks mm, of these. There you go. So first, first we had, in the Classics, we had Gorgar, which had lightning flippers that were pointed to hell. They were pointed, like, way down. Oh, man, it was so hard to hit anything on that thing. We had Grand Prix. Love it. Everybody loves that one. All right. We had Kingpin. Mm. The 73 Gottlieb. Yes, sir. Yes. The one, the one that has a similar play field to the couple other games. Yeah, it's a pretty good uh, horizontal target shooter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's getting a lot of love lately. The only thing I don't like about it is if you don't if you don't hit the lit saucer at the beginning, it's like you're automatically in the hole. And trying to get it back up there, it's 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 frustrating. Then we had old Chicago. Yeah, I love it. Yep, mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, you were. Stars, which was yeah. stars. It, it was it did Good its one. stars duty. Brutal, brutal, brutal. I kept thinking this one game was another game. I was thinking this was Toro, but it's Toledo. So it's mm-hmm. not a Bally, it's a Williams. Yeah, that's like Kingpin, uh, horizontal targets again, but not drop targets. No, target. no, and it has these upper side flippers that you, you don't want to use. You don't yeah. want to hit the targets because yeah. it's insto drains, and you've got to force yourself to not use them. Not a great game. No, not a great it, game. to get double bonus, you need to hit the A and B targets, which are on the far left and right, and the ball immediately wants to drain when you hit them. So you you want to get like A and B and then just keep hitting it up top repeatedly, and that's and avoid that whole section in the center, which I hate when you have like that many tar that much crap that you don't want to hit. Then we had oh my nemesis, top score, which is the two player version of three hundred, which I like three hundred, but this thing, no, number one, tilt was way too tight, way too tight. Everyone was tilting this game. And then the second problem was uh, it had a slam tilt issue, which our own, Robert, our own Robert Byers experienced when he basically hit the right flipper button kind of hard and it slam tilted. Ooh. Yeah. And then in the second round where I got eliminated, I played it and it slam tilted on me on ball one. Same thing. Hit the right flipper button a little hard and it slam tilted. Is it necessary to, to, to have slam tilt enabled? No, is it's not. Necessary? It, it's 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 yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing to just take note of for next time, but yeah. And I mean I was mathematically eliminated. It was kind of a pride game. It's like, well the two the tilt's looser because they loosened up the tilt for the finals, so it's like I could finally like, you know, bump this thing a little bit. Let's see what kind of score we can get. And literally one of the first times I hit the the flipper, it freaking slam tilts on me. So then they they pulled it after that. Two malfunctions. They considered the second malfunction. They pulled it. And then the uh, perennial favorite, Volley. Oh, yeah. Getting a lot of love lately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't getting any love from me, though. I hate when I get all the lanes immediately. I have all five balls to hit targets, and I don't hit anything. The ball just drains instantly. Very annoying. Very annoying. But those, those were the classics. 
For the women's finals, they had four games. And we actually brought this up, I think, on the last podcast or yeah, two podcasts ago. But they had Attack from Mars, Black Pyramid, which Stephanie kicked ass at. That was kind of like her, her go-to, go-to game. game, if you will. Hobbit and Kiss. The new, the new, oh, kiss. new kiss. The new, new kiss. kiss. Yep. Those were, the, those were the scores. Then we have for the main division, and there's a lot of good stories, a lot of good stories from Steph about her uh, ascension that I will save for her to tell the story on her next Riptide podcast, which should be on iTunes soon, I've, I've heard. So for the main division, we had Aerosmith, another attack from Mars, dialed in. A really nice firepower that unfortunately broke. Genesis. Iron Maiden. Guess guess who had the high score on Iron Maiden for the tournament? Elwin? Mm, yep. I, I know. I'm surprised. Uh-huh. Iron Man. Sorcerer, which I know you love Sorcerer. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of play during the finals. Star Trek. Which one? Which Star Trek? The new one. And Tommy. Uh, Star Trek... Was it was originally going to be Time Fantasy, the snail game, that broke yeah. almost immediately, and Star Trek was called into action. Yeah, Time Fantasy looks like it has the most boring play field, and then when you learn the rules and the time countdown and bonus and everything, it's like huh, pretty snail cool, time, actually. baby. I love snail yeah. time, and, and <laughs> just the craziest tripped out looking snail ever. Someone was on major acid. When they did it, I'm telling you, it was in the penthouse. And they did two rows, two full rows. And the one row was all just the main, the main, like A and B for qualifying. And then the other side, the first, like the first four games that were for women's, and then the rest were for uh, classics. That was the New York City Pinball Championships. Yes. Yes, there it is. We got the yes. <laughs> so then um, time for the mail ball bag. Oh, my. First. Mail is from Aaron Pennington. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Says, hey, guys, I love the show, and I'm a long-time listener. I recently picked up a Stern Stars and Bally Power Play at an auction. Both have been sitting for a decade or more in a barn. Both machines are in need of a complete restoration, but are complete and in decent shape, but missing the backlash on both. I picked up a Stars for $50. Wow. And a Power Play for $20. I have been looking for a stars for about a year. The same day I get a text of another guy I know about a working stars and I ended up buying it too. Founds out the only thing better than one stars is two stars. Anyway, I'd like to know what you guys recommend for the settings on stars. We've talked about this, hundred thousand. Yeah, one hundred thousand collect. Extra balls off. Have a nice yes. day. There's not really that um, many settings on it. No, the rest no. you can kinda of keep default. Like yep, the whole exactly. double, triple bonus, all that, default, fine. Let's see. The Stars, it will be going on location, has an all-tech board in it. I operate a few games with my dad and brother at the game store owned by a buddy. I am also looking for a good backlash for my project Stars and Power Play. Would you guys know of any leads for these? I don't know of any leads. No. I wish I had a better... My Stars backlash is total crap. There was one on eBay. I was ready to bid on it, and it was gone within an hour. Damn. Yeah, so what does that tell you? Of course, Nick probably is an NOS one, like in his you know storage area. Nope, he's not saying anything. 
He's crazy, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, that means he does. Okay, he just doesn't want to say it. It would be great to find a CPR power play back glass. Oh, they redid power play back glasses? They did. Oh, and a CPR play field. So if you have any leads on those, that would be awesome. I don't have any leads. Do you have any leads? Nope. I know you both love stars, but what are your thoughts on power play? Good game. I love it. Is, is it the one that's kind of missing spinners it should have? It should have spinners, I agree. Yes. Yeah. But I like the Force Flippers. The Force Flippers? Is it Star Wars? Four. Oh, sorry. Four. Sorry. I misheard. What do you think about it, Nick? I have not played it enough to really have an opinion, so I'm just juries out. Okay. All right. And that's from Aaron from the Queen City Pinball in Springfield, Missouri. Next one is from John Cosson, Dr. John. Dr. John. We are really popular in Australia, Nick. We really uh, are. Uh, we, we rule in Australia. Probably know already, I'm one episode behind, but I have the DCS soundtrack on my Twilight Zone with the pin soundboard. Chris Graner made it available. John nice. Cuss. Uh I did see the video on that. The one important thing it's missing is the Golden Earring soundtrack. You know, I saw the same without the... It doesn't have that. Yeah. That's hard. That, that's hard to go with, yeah. And I loved that song growing up. Oh my gosh, so cool. Yeah, me too. Yep. I'm slipping into so the cool. twilight yes. zone. Some <laughs> videos were weird and like like strange things happen to people, and it's like kind of just funny and stupid and and dark all at the same time. It's just like the early MTV. Yeah. Okay. The next one is from Michael Higgins. Hello, guys. I've been listening to you guys for a month or two and thought it prudent to email and let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I live in Australia, mites, and learned of you from the head-to-head guys. Anyway, keep up the good work, and I hope to hear many more from you. Cheers, Michael Higgins. Thank you, Michael. Hello, Michael. Thank you. So that's actually all I had on the uh, the docket. Is there uh, anything else? You would like to talk about the, the Roanoke Museum, Virginia? Well, I'm digging it. I mean, you're okay. Living in Dallas, uh, okay. Here's the, the. Oh gosh, the food is not as good as it was in Dallas. I will give oh. that. Give props to Dallas for that. Um, now Dallas isn't quite up to you know San Francisco, New York, but it's close. Sure is close in terms of food quality, but. Uh, Roanoke here. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an expert. I deserve to be an expert on Tex-Mex and barbecue. And so far, neither have really scratched the surface from whence I came. So I'm looking, hopefully I'll find some good, good eats, but, uh, it's kind of tough. I'm kind of hitting the chain restaurants now because it's like, Ooh, but the traffic, uh, Dallas drivers are some of the worst in the entire nation. I mean, I made the big 30,000 mile truck, you know, trek last year. And I got back to Dallas every time. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why everyone says Dallas drivers suck. Mm-hmm. Now I remember. Um, and they do. They, they are completely oblivious. But uh, here, when I get up in the morning, check the, uh, you know, checking your traffic app is like this re- reflexive thing in Dallas. That's just what you, you check the weather and you check the traffic and then you go and you plan your route. Here I'm like, oh good, I don't. Hit, it's all green. All the roads are green. Well, <laughs> and then, and it's like that every day. So I'm like, 
I don't need to ever check the traffic app. Wow. Nope. And, and, and now I have a condo. It's like walking distance from the museum. So like Excellent. downtown and yeah. And so that part is really good. Um, however, Roanoke is a train railroad kind of city and the train whistles kind of close to my uh, window. So, mm. Is it like Blues Brothers close? Is it like your whole room shakes as it passes by? I, I, I brought up that clip to kind of, yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, what is? That's just the craziest thing. But but there is a 7 a.m. whistle every morning, and I'm like, ooh, I got to put some memory foam in the window or something because uh, it is waking me up. <laughs> so, so we'll have to end this interview because I got to go home and go to bed. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, before I let you go, I'll just I'll, I'll put this out there because this came up at the New York City Pinball Championships when I was talking to Robert Byers, who mm-hmm. is um, Texan native. He's actually going to be moving to Massachusetts. The spirit of Massachusetts is the spirit of America. America. So he's going to be. He, he might even be able to come over, play some of uh, play some games at level zero, just like everyone's leaving Texas. That's kind of where I'm going there. Wow, that's cool. Thank you, Nick, for joining us. Great. I'm, I'm sorry you, about, oh. I, I really am sorry about all the technical issues. It's fun. It, it wouldn't be the first time we had like the clear sound and then went to the phone sound. I think we had that on the, wait a minute, we had that on the Colin McAlpine episode. You know where he's from? Texas. Texas. I got that's it. Right. It's an issue with Texans. There you go. Oh, wait a minute, he's in Virginia now. It, yeah, it must just follow you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm cursed with it. You're cursed, cursed with the Texas <laughs> curse. <laughs> All right. Well, like seriously, man. Good luck with the uh, Roanoke Museum. Yes. I'm sure it will kick ass. We'll be ready. I'll be ready to go down once all the machines are ready. Me too. And enjoy your to. Iron well, Maiden when it arrives. Yes, and and we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get the tournament and league thing rolling. Um, and and they were pushing at the, uh, you know, chomping at the bit to get that started now. I'm like, no, let's get the games 100 percent and beautiful first before the tournament people are. They're a little, you know, little picky about how the quality is. So let's give them a good show. So we're gonna we're gonna get into that later. So maybe we'll see you for some tournament action later. Cool. You guys have like a website or a Facebook page or where where can they find you? Well, RoanokePinball.org is our web website, but the Facebook is the most fun because you get the you know the updates and all that kind of stuff. So just Roanoke Pinball Museum on Facebook is the best. And if you need to know how to spell Roanoke, just Google Roanoke there and get it close, and you'll probably find it. And that's how I know you're not a local, and neither am I, because we're still using three syllables to describe the name of the city. Roanoke. Oh. Two. Two. Can be one. Actually, that's right. Noke. The Noke. So yes, but Roanoke. <laughs> Roanoke. Is that how you Rono, say Rono. Rono. Okay. <laughs> so on that on that uh on that note, thanks once again to Nick. Um Thank you, Nick, this has been on. episode ninety two, yeah. which I didn't even say. Terror of Mecha Godzilla. So Bruce, you didn't even have to deal with that because you and hate all the no Godzilla. More, I will have to. No, it's gonna be Marvel starting starting next week. Next week. It will be Marvel. We again still have not been selected for the podcaster bloodbath, so we cannot mention any podcasts. Yeah, uh, ex- except except um, the Riptide podcast and the 
uh, Meltdown podcast. We'll still mention and them. And Fumble Bonus. And Fumble Bonus. Well, Fumble Bonus, which is kind of an offshoot in, in the Meltdown podcast. Yes. Let's see. Just uh, Pinball Star, Joe Newhart, for all your um, Jersey Jack, Home Pin, American Pinball, and Spooky Pinball needs. And Flipper Fidelity, Mike Pupo, for all your pinball sound and stern distribution needs. I said that right. Distribution needs. Yes, did. Thanks, everybody. Say goodbye, Bruce. Goodbye, Jamie Brundridge. Okay, if you're still here, you notice the podcast hasn't finished yet. It's because why not? Why not? Because I so, there was an incident that occurred at the New York City Pinball Championships that has made the rounds, and uh, I debated whether or not we should even do this, but because we we are quote feeding the troll, if you will. But I, I just wanted to get it out there because it involves. Friends of mine who were directly involved, one of them, yep. and just kind of clear the air. We're not alone. We have another person who is there. And you can find me on Google, Stitcher, and. <laughs> 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 yes, that's Jeff Teolis. Hey, buddy. And this hi, is, guys. Hi, guys. Hello. So there was an incident involving Canada of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We will refer to as Chris, which is his real name. This came up on Facebook, and there was a lot of comments like, don't feed the troll, this is what he wants, etc. And that is absolutely correct. And honestly, this is just to clear the air of, of exactly what happened for anyone who wants to know. So if you don't want to know, don't care, don't want to be involved in the shit show, that's why I put this after the main show. You can just flip it off right now. We'll see you next week. Unfortunately, people have only heard one side. That is true. So uh, what, what I am going to do, because I was about a foot from this as it occurred, I will give you the 100% factual, non-opinionated, opinion, opinionated version of what went on. And this is all, and everything I'm saying can be corroborated by video. It was all filmed one way or another including the actual Papa, T- Papa TV has part of this on there. My iCloud has all of it. Oh, my. Oh, oh my. All right, how do I get into this? So I, I will give the whole story in a, in a newscaster type I'm just reporting. And this will be the last time. And believe it or not, I got Bruce to agree to this, which was amazing. This will be the last yeah. time we are ever going to mention this gentleman's name or anything about him on this podcast, period. If we have any guests on who mention him, it will be edited out. 
We will not feed, well, we're feeding the troll now, but we will not feed the troll anymore after this. No, we're telling the truth is what we're doing. Well, yes, but we're giving him attention. Let's just start the story. The story begins. Actually, the story begins at some other previous show where, and, and I will not use names where, where it really isn't necessary. Chris, basically at, I think it was at a previous show somewhere he was at, asked a prominent Stern employee, told them that next time you're in New York City, I'm going to buy you dinner. So, okay, well, we are in New York City. This is the New York City Pinball Championships. This took place, uh, the incident took place at the ninth floor penthouse of the Skyline Hotel. So Chris took this prominent Stern employee and his significant other out for dinner. And then when dinner was over, they came back and Chris and his fiance came along with him to the tournament. Actually, Steve invited him a couple of days before and told him to come on down. Oh, Steve Bowden, yeah. But uh, that, that was not the reason he was there. No, but he did invite him down. Well, and when he was there, he uh, extended, I guess you'd say, an olive, olive branch to Steve because he has said some disparaging things about Steve in his podcast. And last week on Facebook. And last week on Facebook. So they had a little hug moment. So, you know, looked like that was rectified. However, they had a bar at the tournament. And uh, Chris was getting more and more inebriated as the day, the night went on. This was, this was at night. So we, we get to the women's playoffs, the women's final, the final eight for the, the women's tournament. And Papa TV starts their stream. So they start with the, um, they have four games, two foursomes, and they're doing it Papa style. If anyone's familiar with that, you play three games, and the scoring is four, two, one, zero. Won't get too much in that. That really doesn't mean much in the story. But the, the significant other of the Stern employee who Chris took out to dinner was in the tournament, and Chris um, started rooting for her loudly. And uh, there must have been some kind of karate kid thing going on because Chris was basically saying things like sweep the fucking leg sweep the fucking leg Cobra Kai the fucker just to jump in on that during dinner Chris told the person you got to go Cobra Kai on them as it was told to me by the couple in question who by the way has been mentioned out there but we don't have to highlight it anymore because I certainly feel sorry for those two individuals but he said yeah no mercy no mercy we'll go no mercy on those women which is ridiculous because if you watch the women's championship, which was incredible, these women were rooting for each other. And the first thing Elisa Parks did when she won was go and give Stephanie a hug. It was, that's what pinball's about. That's what I liked about it. And his actions were different. I will go back to you, Ron. Another thing to uh, take into account here is the tournament area. You have a row of games. Then in front of that row of games, about, I don't know, five feet back, you have a piece of blue tape that goes all the way across. The reason that's there is the idea is tournament players, if you're playing, you're in front of the tape. If you're not playing, you're behind the tape. So you don't, you know, distract players with peripheral vision, all that kind of thing. So Chris and and his fiance were standing. They had the four games that they were having the women's final on. They were like maybe two games down from that leaning on one of the other games. So they're like basically in front of the tape as he's doing this. And every time this particular player was up, they would do, yeah, the, the same comments. And, and at this point, you can 
very clearly tell he is inebriated at this point. It is becoming very apparent that this is uh, the case. So after, by the time we get to like the middle of the semifinals, Tim Sexton, our own Tim Sexton, who was the tournament director for the women's final, he basically told Chris, uh, you need to get behind the line. Let me add something before this. The person that alerted Tim of the problem was one of the female players, which is their right to do. There were two complaints by two of the women competitors. And in fact, the complaints were, it's distracting me. It's, you know, we're trying to watch the game. We're trying to concentrate. And, and it's kind of, it's just too much. First of all, you're above the line. You're on the machines where no one else is. And it's, it's very distracting. We're trying to concentrate. We're actually trying to root for our own people and stuff. And it's not about the Cobra Kai thing. So anyway, there were multiple complaints. So Tim, as you mentioned, Ron, asked him to step behind the line and, and be quiet in which he was not happy about. Uh, yeah, but he, he did. He stayed behind the line. He, well, he went behind the line, and he did the same same thing, rooting for the same player. And the semifinals actually ended. And at that point, one, one of the other, actually, woman competitors, and I don't think she was actually one of the ones in the semifinals, they started going back and forth, Chris and her. And it started to get heated. And this point, and just to give you a little... So it's where I'm standing, like right next to this. Steve Bowden is standing right next to me. At this point, it's getting heated between Chris and this other woman. Again, not going to mention any names. Once he sat down, he was yelling again after asking to be quiet. Tim issued him a yellow card, and then he proceeded to call Tim a name, uh, swearing. And Tim said, "That's it, red card. Uh, you're going to be asked to leave." And and at that point, Paul Karras got security. Security was on their way. He refused to leave. Levy said, look, just calm down. Yeah. So the part where that happens right in front of me is, you know, you have to leave. And, and it was like, what the fuck? I, I didn't fucking say anything. I I was rooting for so-and-so. I won't say the name. I wasn't, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. So you're hearing one of the female competitors Really say to Chris, like, look, you're distracting. You've been distracting. This has nothing to do with you. It's, it's, we're, we're here for competition, blah, blah, blah. At that point, Chris moves aside people. He's asked to kind of leave. He's already been kicked out, and security's basically coming to get him. His fiance rightfully says, let's go, Chris. And he didn't want anything of it. Gave her a push, and you can hear people say, ooh, ah. And you can hear Levy say, don't push your fucking girlfriend. And I mean, several people went, whoa. So that wasn't mentioned in the podcast explanation on Sunday morning. Well, we'll, we'll get in. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, yes, Levy comes over. And, and let me just say, Levy was the the undisputed MVP of the whole situation. And he, he knows Chris. Yeah, and, you, and he tried to defuse the Yes, and the, basically the whole conversation was like, I ain't fucking leaving. I didn't fucking do anything wrong. And Levy would be like, you know, come on, man, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta leave, you gotta leave, man. I mean, do you, do you, yeah, I mean, I really don't want to call. Do you, do you want me to call the cops? Do you want? Me to, I, I mean, you don't want me to call the cops. Come on, and 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 no, I'm fucking leaving. And this this went on for a little bit. During this little conversation, Chris backs up a little bit, and he ends up he he steps on Steve Bowden's foot, who pulls back, and 
I have never seen the expression on Steve Mountain's face that I saw at that moment. And when I, when I talked to him later, don't get mad at me, Steve. But Steve basically said, what, he's like, he was just thinking, I, I, I ain't going to jail. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> but, but the look on his face, dude, it, it, this is like, Steve is like one of the nicest guys in all oh, yeah. of pinball. He's he is the ambassador of pinball. And he literally stand there, he's ready to go. If anything happens, so I'm like, damn. I mean, I, at that point, I kind of slowly moseyed out of that area, trying not to attract attention to myself. At that point, eventually, they got him out of the immediate area, but there was like, there's like chairs along the wall where for the players, like while they were while qualifying was going on. So they got him. What would you say, Jeff? Like three or four games down, and then he just plopped himself on a chair. And kept yep. doing the I'm not leaving deal. Yep. And if you want to go to the next part, which is the shock thing. So I was talking to that woman who asked, you know, who confronted Chris. And I said, what happened? She explained to me on video. And then her eyes popped out of her head as what happened exactly behind me and in front of you, Ron, was the next incident in which Chris, seeing security come, he threw his drink on Tim Sexton and pushed him, which by New York state law is not one, but it is two technically assault charges because there were two actions, which he admitted on his now deleted Sunday podcast. And at that point, Levy basically horse collared him out of the room. <laughs> Yes, Bruce. Bruce, if you were there, Ron and I said you would have thrown him off the penthouse. Well, yeah, I, I was glad that Bruce was not there because I don't know what Bruce would have done. I just would have grabbed him and thrown, I just dragged him out the hallway. Okay, That's all so, so, yeah, Bruce's bar training. I should have known. Yeah, it would have been just like, hey, well, on, your time to leave. The thing Roadhouse. is, he yeah, Roadhouse. he gets grabbed. Levy grabs him, gets him out of the room, and the elevator is like right there, right outside. This, the penthouse, and it must have been on floor eight or something, or must, must have been right there, because they got it open. And Levy and, and someone else, I don't know who it was, they were like holding people back from going after him. And he gets in the elevator, and the last thing he does is he just smiles at everyone. He was trying to understand what was wrong with pinball people, and you know, Ron, you said he had a few to drink, and he even admitted he had a few to drink, but you know, to me, booze is not an excuse for behavior. No. In fact, it's a truth serum. The yes. more you drink, the more honest you become. And and the true colors came out there. And, you you know, I just, this was such an amazing event. I mean, it was so well done. A first time event. The stream was great. The main finals that come back from Bowen, like, I mean, it was so exciting. You had Iron Maiden there in the first time. In the Bs, you had Pirates there for the first time. The women's championship, not only the final four, but the eight was great. When that stream comes up, I highly recommend watching that. And it was just so well done that, uh, I mean, look at the event. It sold out really, really quickly, too. And it's going to be bigger and better next year. And the sad thing is, we're talking about one incident because... We've only heard one side. Had and you know what? I, I, I'm with you, Ron. I don't want to mention I don't want to feed the troll. But had he come on Sunday morning and given and a genuine apology, I would have been done with it. Oh, yeah. you know what? Everyone makes a mistake. I would have been done with it. But it wasn't an apology. And in fact, every time he said the words I'm sorry, followed with the word but. Yeah. I'm sorry, but. That's like saying 
I don't mean to be rude, but you're trying to be rude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the thing that bothered me was the impo- the apology was not sincere. Nope. And in fact, was another jab at Tim who was only doing his job. Yep. Wasn't being threatening. Chris was not a member of that tournament. He was a spectator. And Tim did the right thing because players were being distracted. And I didn't hear the apology. And even at the end of that podcast, which really, this was what pissed me off, was him saying, Tim, next time, tell me what drink you want me to throw in your face. And then played the song Take On Me by Aha. Like, that is such a... You know, Bruce, you and I talked. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to Canada ever. The first time I ever heard his voice was on Head to Head Pinball podcast, which I really love, and you do too. Of course. And I thought that was actually a pretty good show, and and he was good on it. It was at Christmas. It was a good show. So I thought, oh, I'll give give him a listen now. And the first time I listened to his show, he made fun of Martin. I know. And Martin's oh. great laugh. And I'm like, what the fuck? You just were on his show, and now you're. Making fun of them because Martin and Ryan are extremely popular. Are you trying to? I didn't get it. Well, the and thing I the thing I had a problem with with his past two shows that he's put out, the one he deleted and the one after, is that he was. Well, maybe we, maybe we should explain that. There, there was a show after he sobered up. He recorded a show Sunday morning with his girlfriend, which several people have downloaded. Myself, I have it also. A lot of people do. Which, for whatever reason, um, he pulled after several hours. Yes. And the other thing that I, I most remember is just, during, as Levy's kicking him out, he's just like, man, what what's wrong with you? you know, I, I just, that that's in my head. And the other thing to mention, you had this great women's final going on. They're, 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 they're streaming. Then this happens right after the semifinals are over. You had the, the Papa TV crew is there. You had the announcers. You had you had Bo and Karens, John Rapogel, and uh, Megan. And you, you know her last name, Jeff. Uh, what's yep. her last name? Sprague. 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 Okay, so I was going to say From that. Ottawa. Right. And they were all doing the announcing. And this happens, and it was right on the hard camera. Like anyone watching the live stream was seeing the beginning of this. And they have their headsets on. They have no clue what's going on. They thought there was like, a ruling issue originally. That's what they thought was going on. When it became more apparent what was going on, they cut to another camera and had to stall for like 20 minutes or whatever until they got started again. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. that sucked. I mean, if you're watching the stream, you don't know what's going on. You're like, you're probably like, what? why are they cutting away? And then the fact that it pissed me off, they had a great final, which we'll get into, but... Yep. People wanted to watch the final like the next day. Like, is is the archive up? It's like, nope, it's not up because not they can't have it up because that idiot is in the. They have to cut that out. The thing that bothers me is these girls, people who competed, anybody, even if it was guys or anything like that. But these people competed for two days, spent all this time, all this money, all this effort, and it gets ruined. For a guy who shows Plans up for up. a half an hour, yes. I wouldn't say it was ruined. No, 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 but it was ruined. It was ruined at the moment. That moment was ruined. Uh, the it best ru- comment I heard was one of the competitors saying, and she had every right to say it. She goes, isn't this funny? A man wrecking a woman's finals. And what I kind of got out of that was I thought, you know, I've heard all of these legitimate concerns about how difficult it is sometimes for women to play and some of the things that they hear. 
And where they go to bells and chimes, they don't get any of that kind of stuff. And I've never seen it firsthand because one, I've never been someone who would say that to a woman. And secondly, I've just thankfully never seen it done to a friend who happens to be a woman. I saw it here and now I get it. I, I, I get it. I got it before theoretically. I now understand it exactly what they're talking about. And there, it's so sad that that happened. But when he said what really pissed me off and the thing that really is what, what he said to Levy, you know, you know, man, I'm going to, you know, you won't want this. He said in his own words, you don't want this to go down like this. I have a lot of people who listen to me like, well, biasing the truth. He was telling Levy, like, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to bias the truth. Ron, and he I did. You and I have talked before and I've talked to several people who do listen to him. And I've asked the question, why do you listen? And the reason they do it's kind of like seeing a car crash. It's kind you know what I mean? Like you stop and you want, it, it, it's when you go to a, a NASCAR race, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll stop right there. It, it, that's fine. Unless you're in the car crash. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or right exactly. in the middle of the car crash. But yes. that's why people listen to the show is to hear what will he say next? What outrageous thing will he say next? And, he doesn't, you know, there, there are jokes that we do and oh, yeah. people get the jokes. And a perfect example is this stupid character I do called Pinside PD on head to head. That's you. Whoops. What? No. Yeah, it's me. What? Every, here's the joke. Everybody knows it's me. Except for the people. If you're not in on the joke, then you are the joke. Meaning I'm making fun of the people who are constantly making fun and unfortunately doing some damage to Pinside. Cause I actually like Pinside. I just don't like the forums. I like the information on there. I think it's mm-hmm. a great website. The forums are toxic. It's drive by shootings. It's people trying to get banned from it. And Canada is the perfect example of that. I, I don't like that aspect of it. So my Pinside PD goofy character is just uh, the <laughs> example of what we see in that, that aside, mm-hmm. you know, this, this women's final was so darn good. The whole tournament was great. It sucks that we have to talk about this because but we also can't ignore it. You know, there are, yeah. there are so many good things in, in pinball, but unfortunately you do have to, you can't just ignore it. Like it didn't happen. It did happen. Maybe there should be an etiquette class. Well, you know, what is good about this thing is that it was an ugly side it hardly ever happens, but the good yes. thing is it won't happen again. There is no. no way he's going to be allowed to come to any major tournament. I already know some of the Papa people said not happening. You know, it, I guess it's really up to the tournament directors, but any big thing, just not happening, including things like Expo, maybe mm-hmm. Texas Pinball Festival next year. You know, it, again, it's up to the individuals, but, you know, you saw it firsthand, Ron, where he embarrassed himself at Texas Pinball Festival in front of a stern employee saying, don't make me show you the photos of the next game. Uh, yes, when, when George Gomez called him a douchebag, and his response yes. was, I have pictures of Deadpool on my phone. Yeah, that's another know. threat. To, the well, he, thing is, he was intoxicated then also. But the not thing an is excuse. This, I know, never an excuse. But here's Maybe a thing. sickness, but not an excuse. Now, what was his original thing? He, he felt threatened by Tim? Yes, he felt Thre- Tim was too, by, aggressive, too aggressive. Pinball, like, by, yeah, by pinball smurf. T- t- Tim yes. Sexton. Yeah, I was going to say, Tim was too aggressive. Tim is what, 5'7"? With heels. Probably with... <laughs> Sorry, Tim. He probably weighs maybe a buck 40. Yeah. And when I told my father what happened, he was there like, Tim Sexton? He's like, I'm almost 70, and I'd never be intimidated by him. 
<laughs> so, we love you, Tim. We love you, Tim. But, but I mean, no, poor I... Tim, he's got like beer all over him. So now he has to he had to go back to his hotel room to take a shower. So they they had someone else had to T D, you know, tournament director the, the women's final. Plus he was gonna have to come back down afterwards because they had to move games around to get ready for the finals the next day. There's total disrespect. That's all. You know, Bruce and Ron, one thing, and there's many things I love about Slam Tilt Podcast. You know that. You know that personally. I say it on my show all the time. What I love about you guys is you always talk about other podcasters. And you know what? The more the merrier. Listen to these. Because for some reason, does he think that you can only listen to one podcast? Because I know I have several. You no, know, he, he said he's actually brought, he's actually, I will hold on. I am going to defend him right now. Okay. He has said a couple podcasts out there are pretty good. Okay. And he's actually listed us as one and head to head as another. And I think one or two others, his new podcast that he put out and I got the clip and I didn't listen to it. I'm not downloading him. I don't download him. People send me the clips. And when he's going, he still didn't, he, he apologized to the women, which I will give you kudos for that, Chris. He did apologize to the women players he affected. But then he kept on attacking people who were doing their job and protecting the players' best interests. He cannot accept that fact. And that's what his problem is. He was the, the fact he said, you know what, I'm more of a collector and not a tournament player. You know what, I don't think you need to be a collector or a tournament player to know you're not allowed to throw a drink in someone's face and push them no. unless you want to be charged with assault. Like that doesn't, sorry, that doesn't pass. And in the now updated podcast, yes, he apologized to the women. Shouldn't and he sincerely people. apologize to Tim Sexton for oh, what you did? Should. And he did. And, and, and to everyone who saw that? Yes. And to your fiance and. And then threaten like saying, oh, you know, Tim should, you know, Stern. What it really pissed me off was with his first podcast where he said Stern's got to get Tim under control. Let's talk about the positive things about that. Tournament. Yes. Because I want and 140 right? people enjoying well, themselves. Here's, here's a positive thing. After this all went down, he gets thrown out. Levy grabs the PA. They had a PA system there. So Levy grabs the mic. It says, you know, I, I, I hope everyone enjoyed the entertainment. That we provided. Um, I would like to personally thank the actor playing the role of the drunk asshole. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, the whole time he was there, he, he's basically schmoozing with like Stern employees. To try to kiss ass. To try and to and, and the then you throw a beer on a Stern employee. Yeah, which, really smart. Which, by the way, those Stern employees have met him less than three times in their life. And But the Having funny thing is, do you, but he do makes you really... Like best friends. Yeah, do you really think you're really impressed any Stern employee now? You thought you were blacklisted now? You've just truly blacklisted yourself completely off of one manufacturer. I was on the phone with Zach Sharp today, and I don't mind saying his name, and he won't mind me saying it either. Yeah, they're talking about it and uh, and what should be done. So uh, I don't get what you tried to prove. Anyway, you know what? Continue to listen to this podcast if you like. Uh, yeah, you know what you're getting what? into, I, but now you know what really happened, and this is the person that did it. And we will be enforcing our no Canada policy from now on. From now on. And I would encourage other podcasts to do the same. Although they're your podcasts, you can do what you want. But it's just, it's true. Do not feed the troll. If no one mentions him, if he has no relevance, he will disappear. 
Yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm not saying gold standard, not Me saying too. any standard. We're, I'm done. Well, what did happen was just a, a fantastic tournament. When that yes. women's finals comes on, I highly recommend watching it. And boy, oh boy, I mean, that finals was crazy on the kiss game and, and the math that had to happen. If you haven't seen it, it, it was it was good and how close the scores were. It's The classics were exciting too. And again, you know, the good sportsmanship all around too in, in for all the players, the people that were there, we saw, we talked about the hugs that the women gave each other and the high fives and, and people were running down the gauntlet for cheers and, and, and the crowd was right into it in the classics finals. I was playing in a round with Bowen Karens and my friend Ian Harrower, who you both know. Yep. And Ian had four points on the first zero on the next. And unfortunately tilted on volley, the wedge head to knock him out of that round. But you know what? He was all smiles. He's like, I did it myself. Like not cursing, swearing, you know, and we were all like, uh, you know, that's, that's too bad because he would have easily advanced uh, with the lower scores that were in that round. That's the kind of thing that happened. Watch the video of John Rapogo blowing up sorcerer in a either semi or quarterfinals. Bowen had 2.9 million. I don't even think John had a million going into his third ball and just grinded it out. And you'll see Bowen run up to John after he did it, give him a big hug. That's what pinball is about. That's what pinball players are like. You know, Ron Ron and Bruce, the first time I met you guys, instant connections and the same with Ryan and Marty and all these great people we meet in pinball. That's the real pinball story, not people being disruptive. So, again, it was a great success, that tournament, and uh, I look forward to the next one. And I'll leave you with this. After our... uh... After Steph, the pinball princess, got her second place. Me, her, Jeff Teolis, and Steve Bowden, we all went out for ice cream. Because, mm-hmm. of course, you do that at, like, 1230 a.m. Because it's <laughs> New York City. It's the greatest that city in the world. Right, Levy? And I had two a two-scoop ice cream cone, but I was first in line, and there were about 10 people. And then you guys were later, and I even said, look, if, if you guys aren't done your ice cream, I'm getting back in line. Doubled up. Pinside Petey made fun of how fat I was, but that's okay. That's all cool. It's uh, again. This this was such a great tournament. New York. What a great location in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, everyone at the Skyline Hotel was super nice and accommodating. Wow, man! If the, all tournaments were like that, things would be great. And we'll all see you there next year, right, Bruce? You're gonna make I it. I hope so. Okay. Uh, well, the bar is still growing, so I gotta. I had. I, we had to fire one of our bartenders. So guess who was bartending this weekend? Did Cat get fired? No, she's the boss. She can't get fired. <laughs> she's the boss. All right. Right. All right. I, we're definitely going to the end here. So I'd like to thank everybody. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Jeff. I'd just Guys. like to say, if we leave you with one thing, please do not feed the trolls. Have a nice day. See you later. Goodbye, Bruce. Goodbye, guys.